Welcome to the Garden Report on CLNS Media and Celtics Blog. I'm Nick Gelso, and I'm flanked by the two living legends, Jimmy Tuscano. Jimmy Toscano. As they say in the old country. Jimothy and Jared Weiss. As they say in the old country. So, Jared. Nah, you're good, bro. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, lots of news going on recently, gentlemen. We have uh, Ray Allen resurfacing and uh, making up with Paul Pierce. (laughs) I've been waiting, waiting for the 08 Big Three. We haven't seen KG come back yet, but for them to make up, make La Pacha going into what is their 10-year anniversary Jimmy, Jared, you guys were there through a lot of the KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen era. Thoughts? I, I think it's great that Paul Pierce was looking for Brandon Jennings, but he ended up finding <laughs> Ray, Ray Allen. If anybody knew that he was he was in China because of the whole <laughs> the back and forth between Jennings and Pierce, that's that's a topic for another day. But yeah, Team Super Penguin coming through. I wonder Super I Penguin. actually wonder if they told each other that they were both gonna be there. Like China just kinda pulled the wool over their eyes on that one, maybe? The entire nation of China just pulled that one off. It's like Paul walks on the court, throws up an alley-oop, Ray Allen catches. It's like, Ray, you're here too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know where Brandon Jennings is at, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was mopping the floor in the back. So what was more surprising, the the Kyrie Irving trade or the making up of Ray Allen and Paul Pierce? I think it's a toss-up, but honestly... It's a toss-up. For for Pierce and, and Ray, honestly... It's time to it's time to to, to, move to move on, get past however things ended. I think everybody will agree it didn't end the storybook way for for that core of players. I mean, when you see Pierce and KG, those guys get traded to Brooklyn. Ray signs with Miami, and I know at the time there was a lot of hard feelings, not just from the fans, but from Pierce, Ray, Rondo. I mean, you know the whole story. Um, I I still to this day I I don't blame Ray for what I he did. Either. I know a lot of people do, but I think. Um, you know, Pierce sort of coming out and saying it's time to get back together. I think that that goes so far in in allowing um, a lot of fans who can't get who can't forgive Ray. I think they were kind of waiting for Pierce and KG least, to yeah. to at least like pave the way. Jared, anyway, we see Rajon Rondo <laughs> letting things go with Ray Allen. I think I'll get a microphone before Roger Rondo lets this one go. <laughs> Never. It's gonna be. It's gonna be unless unless Ray signs with the Hornets. Not with the Hornets. The Pelicans. I mean, we saw that clip from the game. He's still throwing it down. Age forty-two. He's getting up yep, there. Yeah, he's always yeah. an underrated dunker. Yep. Uh, you know, he can still throw it down. They might need him down there in New Orleans. So they signed Tony Allen. So I assume they're probably not going <laughs> to sign Ray Allen, who hasn't played in the NBA in like four years. Um, it's it's great that Ray Allen can be retired for several years. Paul Pierce is retired now, and yet they're still a major NBA headline. It's right. the magic of yep. the NBA that never the, – it's not even a question of will the offseason end. The offseason is pretty much over. We're two weeks away from media day as of Was there an offseason? There was, <laughs> there was no offseason. There was, it was just a full court press the entire summer, <laughs> and the NBA will never die. It's a wonderful thing. Right. And, you know, I – they're going to do an Area 21 with all those guys. Maybe ha- so. maybe Rondo has to retire, and Big Baby has to make up a doc or something like that before <laughs> it can weight. happen. <laughs> yeah, Nate has to stop fi- filming uh, the Uncle Drew uh, movie. But the fact that this has another chapter to the story, I think it's just wonderful. I think it's great, too. And, and I think that you will see Ray at Pierce's uh, jersey retirement. I think you should. I think you should see all those guys. I mean, they were a huge part of... You know, Ray was a huge part of, of, of obviously that run, sure. and I don't know if Pierce gets that ring, and I don't know if KG gets that ring without Ray. 
I mean, you can look back and, and say, oh, you know, he, you know he, he betrayed us or whatever, but... They don't get KG if they don't get Ray, so... Oh, yeah, yeah that's another thing. That yeah, he was the first he was the first shoe to drop there on draft night when they traded for him. So I think all these guys at the end of the day, like, their, their legacies are intertwined. They will always be uh, connected in some way. So, I mean, it's so easy to hold grudges and to, and to you know, have hatred, but... I, I really don't think it it should be that way, especially with those with those people that meant so much to each other's success on the court, and I, I would imagine even off the court. Jared, talking the '08 Big Three, it's 2017. I mean, almost 10 years later, we're looking at a new era. Era, Hayward, Irving, Horford. They'll do it, man. They'll do it. <laughs> tell me not to, and tell me why not to. Why? So what's so what's the full question? Is it? Is yeah, we looking three. at a new She's big trying to compare. So He's trying to compare. There are technically three all-star caliber players on this team. However, that team before had three elite All-NBA players still at their peak. This team has eh, close to that, but not quite. It's not quite <laughs> the same level. But the, I think the team is way more rich in talent, talent that will grow with it. Yeah. Than what that previous team was. Now, that previous team was three elite players with the perfect array of complementary role players. And Rondo, who ascended into one of the top ten players probably in the NBA for a short period of time before that all came crashing down. Um, you know, this team with the projection that Jalen Brown is on now, Marcus Smart still could get there. Terry Rozier probably not going to be that level, but he could be a very good right. player. And then, of course, Jason Tatum. I mean, they're projecting to have potentially five, maybe more than that, all-star caliber players at the, within their primes at the same time. And that's something that almost no team in history has ever pulled off. And, I mean, the Warriors are essentially pulling that off right now. There are some great teams in the 80s that pulled it off. It's extremely rare to do that. It's part of the magic of what the Celtics have been able to pull off with this rebuild that Doc Rivers, even though that was probably the greatest rebuild he's ever right. seen in sports. And that, he gelled on it. Yeah. And so <laughs> that, yeah, he certainly did. He ran away from it. He didn't want yeah. a part of it. Um, you know, that, I think, is what makes this such a special rebuild. You don't have to have, like, three top 15 players. Right. They're not begging for those veteran free agents to come in, like the Eddie Houses and the James Posey at that time. I think at this point, you've got guys, like, I, I agree with you. I think I think Tatum has that skill to be an all-star player at some point. I still need to see a little bit more um, out of Brown. But um, generally speaking, I mean, listen, if you were to compare this group of players, this Big three, which I'm not willing to call them that. Medium to three. to KG, sure, to KG and Pierce and Ray. I mean, you're talking about three guys who are not we're not just all stars. They are going to go down as some of the greatest players in the NBA mm-hmm. history. Whether or not I think Paul Pierce is a is an extremely underrated player all time, and Ray Allen, one of the greatest shooters of all time. Cameron Garnett, you already know everything about him. Um, I don't think you can obviously you can't say that about um, Hayward at this point. Right. Horford, you wouldn't say that about, and Kyrie Irving. Let's you know, maybe who knows? I mean, you wait and out. see. Yeah, uh, he's still very young in his career. So. Um, I, I think time will tell on, on just how t- much talent uh, this crew has compared to that last big three. Well, we and have, of course, the bird, the bird. Don't McKay. go there, man. We, 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 that will prolong this three. segment. We won't touch McHale and Don't Pat go near all that. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, Celtics blog, CLNS Media, The Garden Report. I'm Nick Jelso. Jared Powered Weiss. by Bombfell. I'm going forget. there. Okay, Timothy sure. Toscano. Just want to make sure everybody noticed this is actually a Bombfell uh, shirt. So. Bombfell.com yeah. slash Garden Report. Yep. And, uh, yeah, to support our sponsors and support the Garden Report, we'll see you at the Garden. All right, fellas. Are you looking to expand your wardrobe but just don't have the time? Bombfell is here to change all that for you. What's Bombfell, you ask? Well, consider your personal stylist. Answer a few questions and poof, clothes are sent to your door. And get this, when you sign up, you pay zero dollars. You only pay for the clothes that you keep 
And let me tell you from experience, you're going to want to keep them. Every piece of clothing is handpicked for you by our stylist. They'll email you their picks, and you can make some changes, or you can just say, hey, send them. I like what I see, send them. It's a super flexible, no-commitment relationship. And don't we love those? If you did want to return something, it couldn't be easier, as Bombfill's resealable shipment allows you to send it back immediately. My stylist picked out the perfect pair of pants for fall for me. I might even have her send me a second pair in a different color. Let's be real. You could use a fresh pair yourself. So listen up. I talked to a couple people over there, pulled a few strings. So now, if you go to bombfell.com slash garden report, you'll get $25 off your first purchase. That's right, $25 off. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash garden report. Bombfell, open and close. Get it? Like, close. Hello again, everybody. My name is Mike Petralia, joined once again by Josue Pavon, and this is the Garden Report off-season edition for CLNS Media and Celtics blog, powered by FanDuel. Josue, one of the topics I want to talk about tonight with the beautiful city of Boston as our backdrop is Jason Tatum. And I think of course you do. Jason Tatum, I think, is going to be arguably the most important rookie to make his debut in Celtics green in the last generation going back to Reggie Lewis as far as 1987 when Reggie Lewis was a number uh, was a first round uh, 22nd overall pick for the Celtics back then he was joining an NBA champion back at that time and certainly a team that would was competing year in year out for mm-hmm. an NBA title I think you go back as far as Larry Bird in 1980 and Kevin McHale in 1981 to find an impact rookie with so much on his shoulders going into a season yeah I agree with you 100% I love that comparison tracks because this is a first round rookie a top three pick who's going to be going to a team that's looking for championship aspirations and just like in the same situation with Larry uh, Larry Bird Reggie Lewis I mean Reggie Lewis is probably the last one so I love that comparison he's expected to deliver right away however i think in this scenario it's very similar because he's not expected to be a top one two guy but i think he can determine how far the Celtics will go within the next couple of years i think jason tatum uh, joe sway is going to be probably the fourth best scoring option when you look at it going into the season behind the obvious ones of gordon hayward kyrie irving and al horford agreed 100%. But unlike the other rookies who are going to a team that, you know, is just hoping to make the playoffs, whether we're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers or they we're talking about another lottery team, this is a team that's built to to compete in the East right away. And I think that, that you, you hit it right on, the, right on the head there. Third, fourth option within the next couple of years as he blossoms, I think that's how good the Celtics will be as well. And you know why, Josue, I don't think the Celtics and Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens are worried about it? Because Jason Tatum comes from the Duke pedigree, and obviously Kyrie Irving does too. But Jason Tatum has been in big pressure games for the Duke Blue Devils. He knows what it's all about. And I think making the move here to the Celtics with as much as going to be on his plate and all of the expectations that are going to be there, I don't think it's going to phase him. I don't think so either, Travis. I think he's ready for this. I think, you know, the fact that the Celtics traded away the number one overall pick to get him shows how much they loved him. They loved him from the beginning of this draft process. They went out and got him. He has the tool. He certainly passed the eye test. I mean, we saw what he did in Summer League. I know it's just Summer League, but we're talking about a guy with tons of athleticism, can get to the rim, can hit the uh, mid-range jump shot, has the extension that's very hard to defend in the NBA. I think he's a very promising player for this uh, Celtics team along with the rest of the uh, NBA draft class. I mean, he's right up there. Two other rookies, I'm sure Celtics fans out there are going like, hey, Trags, Joe Sway, 
Paul Pierce, 1990, you know, 1998. Right, right. Completely different situation. Completely though. different situation. First of all, people forget Paul Pierce's uh, rookie year was in the strike-shortened year, the labor stoppage uh, year of 1988-1999 when they right. played such a shortened schedule. Right. And the Celtics were not a good team that year. They were not a playoff mm-hmm. team. And then you think about Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown will play a big role, obviously, in his second year. But certainly Jalen Brown didn't have as much on his shoulders as Jason Taylor. Tatum last year as Jason Tatum was this year. And he's also a much different player. I mean, when Jalen Brown was selected, we didn't look at Jalen Brown as a guy who was going to contribute offensively. Right. Completely different story with Jason Tatum. This is a guy who has the weapons to be a great offensive player in the NBA, whether it's year one or year two, I think it's safe to say he's going to have a bright future in this league. All right, I want to move on real quickly, Josue, to the positioning of Al Horford and whether or not it really matters. Does it really matter whether or not Al Horford is playing the four or the five is if he's starting as the center for the Celtics? Because remember, as uh, Brad Stevens said in the offseason, early after, uh, shortly after being eliminated by the Cavaliers, he essentially looks at the NBA as three positions. Ball handler, mm-hmm. uh, a swing, yep. and a big. This is a positionless league. He, I mean, he said it before. We've heard it in the past. We look at other teams like the Golden State Warriors. I mean, it's not necessarily a, a prototypical center that you have to have in order to win an NBA title. I see Al Horford as the center of this team, the last line of defense, Marcus Morris in front of him, and then in the backcourt you have guys like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. We have to figure out how this team's going to coexist defensively, but I think those are the guys that you're going to see as some of the top defenders on this team. Whether or not Al Horford plays the center or plays the four, it really doesn't matter. I think he's no. going to have the, a lot of the offense is going to have to go through him. Correct, still. just like we saw last year. Exactly. Same situation for Al Horford. Not much has changed for his role. It's going to be the guys around him that's going to dictate how things go on both ends of the floor, I feel like. All right, Joe Sway, isn't it great to have the city of Boston behind us and thinking we're going to have basketball at TD Garden just less than a month away on October 2nd when the preseason gets underway with a game against the Charlotte Hornets. Of course, the season opener is October 17th in Cleveland. We'll have you covered on CLNS Media. This has been the Garden Report Off-Season Edition, powered by FanDuel.